Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in. And today's broadcast is our teaching church session that took place on September 16th, 2001 for a group of pastors and leaders from the Virginia District Church of the Nazarene. And in today's session of the teaching church, Pastor Adrian Mills, the lead pastor here at Church of the Nazarene in Harrisonburg, invited the lead pastor of Annandale Calvary Church of the Nazarene, Matt Riba, to come and share. And Pastor Matt Riba shared on how the church is ministering in these days. And we believe that today's broadcast will be hope for your life. God called me to ministry uh, during that first year while we were there. And so, um, yeah, everything from the ministry aspect really kind of had its roots in Calvary, which is, which is neat to come full circle to where we're at today. Um, but we were there, and we served in many different roles in the church during that time, uh, specifically uh, with youth in the, in the last few years that we were there. And um, where I met Adrian, where I said yes to winter retreats. Still don't know why I did that. Um, That's right. But it was, it was good. <laughs> and, uh, and then in 2013, God called our family at the time, uh, uh, my wife, and we had our, our little one. At the time that we were wrestling with a call, our, our little one was about four months old. So we were like, do we really want to really do this? Do we really want to up and move to the city of Chicago uh, with a four-month-old, five-month-old? And uh, as we wrestled through that journey, God made it clear that this is where we needed to be. And so we, had, um, we, we took a step of faith and sold our house within days. And, and uh, a few months later, as, as we transitioned everything over, we we took that journey, and so we left. Uh, we left Virginia with no jobs, uh, really no no concrete plan of what we were doing. We were just like God called us to go, so we're going. And uh, we left and connected with the Chicago Central District there, and said, "Hey, we're coming." And I don't know what we're gonna do, but we're gonna figure it out. And so <laughs> we went. And uh, I don't advise doing that with a nine-month-old. So if anyone in the church ever comes to you and asks if that's a wise move. Uh, Make sure that it is of God before they do that, because there's no way we would have made it without that. Um, but in that, we uh, uh, we were serving as missionaries. So we, we went and we left everything we knew of church, traditional church, uh, right, to use that phrase. Um, the buildings, the programs, the, the staffing, all of that, all of that structure that we once knew and had. And um, we, we were like, wow, we're, we're here in Chicago, and we have to figure out what what the church is going to look like here, right? And so with no building and no staff, no, like, we had nothing. So we were like, well, this is what it means to be the church, right? The people of God moving forward, trying to figure out um, what life was going to look like. And so we, we were there. We ended up uh, settling in. We had, a, we, we had a team that got built shortly after that, and uh, we joined a few other uh, friends who were very like-minded in our approach to, to missions and, and seeing the church in the Nazarene do a work again in Chicago. And... Spent six years serving there, um, kind of deconstructing what we knew of church and, re and reconstructing it in a much different environment, uh, which brought about some unique challenges. Uh, but there, that, those six years are uh, years that I wouldn't take back because I saw God do some things I never would have seen him do. And uh, for that, I'm, I'm grateful. And it grew my faith uh, to see God step in and, and really move, move and, and do miracles right in front of our eyes. And so... That's a little bit of our journey, and then, uh, eventually God closing doors and made it clear that our time was, was done there, and so we uh, we didn't know where we were going after that, but God opened doors here, and so we are like, all right, let's hop back to the Virginia district, and shortly after, ended up getting plugged in back at Calvary, uh, where we're serving today. So 
um, that's a little bit of my journey and, and how we got to, to where we're at today. But uh, I've been at Calvary for about 10 to 11 months, and the honeymoon phase is over. It's over, and we're <laughs> hitting the ground running. I mean that in the best way possible. Uh, the church is just absolutely wonderful. People are great, and I know you guys can say that about your congregations as well. But um, yeah, but we're here, and we're and we're we're facing these the, the same challenges that we all are together. And so I kind of want to start um, our time together today with this with this one phrase. The struggle is real. Anyone agree with that in this room? What we've seen over the last 16 to 17 months has really just, uh, it's been an adventure, let's put it that way, right? I want to I keep it positive as much as we can, because uh, we've, we've probably spent enough time in our own circles talking about the negative effects of what we've all had to go through, um, but it's been a challenge. And I was talking to Adrian earlier in the week as he was like, hey, so, so what, what do you think you're going <laughs> to talk about? What, what are we going to uh, discuss? And Because uh, we didn't plan anything today. So if uh, what I say ties into what he shared earlier, um, that's, that's a God thing. So, um, But yeah, he, he made this comment, and I didn't write it down word for word, so I'm going to paraphrase. And uh, Adrian, you can, you can jump in and just uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But he was saying, looking back three years, right, the problems you were facing then or dealing with in the church then are nothing like what you're, you're facing now, right? And if you could go back three years and kind of have a, have a word of wisdom for yourself then, you'd probably, uh, you know, say something like, just wait, <laughs> or don't sweat the small stuff, like this is, this is nothing compared to what's coming, right? And you'd, you'd kind of give yourself uh, probably different advice than, than sitting in the chair today, right? And... Um, I feel like we're all we're all dealing with unique challenges. How do we how do we push forward as the church with all that's going on around us? And I think you know, pandemic aside, this year has also been challenging from a from a number of fronts, right? We we've seen uh, different challenges rise up within our country, within the world, and we, we've had to deal with those as a church. We've had to wrestle with some of those. I don't maybe not in everyone's church. Uh, maybe you haven't felt the impact uh, like others, but I know our church we have. And, um, and we've, had to, we've had to wrestle with all of that and figure out what, what is our purpose? Where are we going? What are we doing? What are we out to accomplish? And being a, a, a new pastor at a church, being thrown in in the midst of the pandemic, right, brings about its unique challenges as well. I, I know that some of you who have been serving in your, in your areas of ministry uh, prior to the pandemic, you, you are facing things much different than maybe what I am, right? You, like you went from, hey, we're here and, and we have normal and we have programs and, we're, and we're, we're cooking, things are going well, to all of a sudden everything stops, right? <laughs> and you're preaching in an empty sanctuary and you're trying to figure out what speaking to a camera looks like for the first time, right? Where you don't, you're, you're trying to make calls and, and do pastoral care over the phone because they won't let you into the hospital to be with people, right? These, these are challenges we never thought we would have to, to take on. Or you could have started in the middle of the pandemic where you're trying to figure out, like, who was even a part of this church to begin with, right? Because no one's there and people haven't returned. And so you're trying to figure out, in Fairfax County, there's 1.4 million people. How am I supposed to know who was coming to Calvary before, right? I don't really have a, a complete roster. So I'm trying to figure out, like, what is it? How do I connect with these people? What do we, what do, we do, right? And how, how do we continue to move forward? And so uh, our, our purpose this morning during this time is, is really simple. I want it to be a time where we can... Uh, you know, peer to peer, encourage one another that we can uh, refocus and realign our thoughts back to our main purpose, which is Jesus. Jesus. 
So I'm just going to open this up for, for some participation right now. But can anyone in this room, feel free, don't be shy, tell me what our mission is as believers? This should be an easy. There you go. Right? Make Christ like disciples. And it's simple, right? It's to go. It's to connect people to, to him, right? Teaching, baptizing, and then teaching them to go and do likewise. That is our mission as believers. Not necessarily as pastors, not even as churches, but as believers, right? As people who are who are Christians, right? That is our call. That is our commission. And um, what's crazy to me is being in the position I'm in, and many of you are, as leaders in the church, you would think this would be a lot easier for us than sometimes it actually is. Can I get an amen there? Yeah. Right? right. And, and sometimes, if we're not careful, what can happen in our lives, in our ministries, in our churches, is we can actually, instead of being set out on the Great Commission, it's more like the Great Omission, right? Because we become so focused on things outside of what our main purpose is, and this is completely unintentional, right? You didn't have, you don't wake up in the morning going, "How can I, how can I stray from what the Lord wants me to do today?" Right? It, it's, it's just the, the processes of what comes on our plates that day, and what, is, and, and just the conversations we're in week in and week out. And so, um, you know, we, we, we're facing new pressures from our congregations, right? From our board maybe, in some aspects, right? We, uh, maybe people on the street who want to see the church doing something. Everyone has an opinion of how you should be handling your situation, right? And so we're, we're feeling this pressure, and I think inadvertently sometimes what we do is we go into self-preservation mode, right? We see, especially after something like this, where it's a big kind of shift in, in how we're doing things. And I know our church isn't 100% back to, to where we are. We have, we have a good percentage back. And, I, and I'll say, praise the Lord for that. Um, it's nothing that anyone's done. It's just God's faithfulness and favor in that area. Um, but I know many churches can't say the same, right? And so even though we're not 100% back, I, I'm, I'm grateful for where God has us today. But I know, man, what, what would it be like if we were, if we were back to, to where we were before, right? And we, and we begin to think about these things and sit in that circle. And our mind gets filled, right? kind of what we just talked about, the power of the mind and, and, and where we go with that. Our mind gets filled with all of these other things. Like, how do I get back to, to X, Y, and Z? Our board asking, so are, financially, are we going to get back to where we need to be? Some of you may, may be in this room, have the conversations of, can we keep the lights on? Can we keep going? Right? Do I have to, can I keep my staff the way it is? Or do I have to make changes? Like, how, like these, are, these are real conversations that we're all dealing with in one way or another. And so while we don't wake up going, how can I think about our situation and get stuck in this place, we end up there regardless, right? And what happens to the mission? It gets put on hold. The very thing that we're called to do as the church gets put on hold so we can deal with these other things, right? And, and it happens to all of us in one way or another, right? We're, no one's immune to that, and no one's... Uh, got it all figured out. And so that's why this time together this morning is so good for us because we can encourage one another through that. Right? We can, we can say, hey, I found this really helpful. And so we're going to share that with each other. Or, hey, I'm, I'm stuck here. <laughs> and I need to figure out how I can get past this. Or, hey, this has worked really well for us. Maybe you can adapt it and use it where you're at. But we begin, you know, we, we need each other. And we need community. And so that's what uh, is so valuable about our time together. I'm shocked, can I just say, looking at this room. Because I've been to a few teaching churches since I've been <laughs> at, at Calvary. And um, 
our rooms are not this full. Like, we have, well, we've been on Zoom, and it's been like three Zoom windows, and I'm like, or four Zoom windows. And so to see this many people gathered, shout out to the West Side, right? Like, you guys are, you guys are committed. I like it. Um, right? The North, the North can't do this. <laughs> but it's, it's good. But if you guys want to join us next week, it would, it would be awesome to see some more, <laughs> more, faces some more squares, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, all going back to, to our purpose, I think uh, when, when you're doing what you were created to do, and I, and I think many of you know this and you can, you can think of examples in your life, but when you're in that <coughs> sweet spot, when you're doing what you know God has called you to do, there's life and there's energy and there's joy in that. It doesn't mean there's not struggle. <laughs> it doesn't mean there's not challenges, but even in the challenges and in the struggle, there's life. And we know that God gives life to us, right? That, that he's the giver of life. Everything that comes from him breathes new life. Right. Right? And, and I think back, and there's so many, so many ways we can get distracted by this, but I always go back to, well, is this life-giving? If it's life-giving, then let, let's, let's continue to have that conversation. If it's not, I, I, maybe we need to rethink this a little bit. Because God is, is orchestrating new life and joy and energy, right? Where the flip side would be when you're not in your sweet spot. And have you ever been there? <laughs> where, you, where you know, like, man, I'm in a position, and this is miserable. And you can tell that all the joy in that room just gets sucked out like that. I remember being in Chicago when we first moved, as I, as I just shared. Um, we had no, I had no jobs, and I was like, well, how do I pay these college loans that are still coming in? Because they're still collecting, regardless of what I chose to do with my life. Right, and all these other things. How am I going to feed my nine-month-old baby? How are, how am I going to take care of my wife? Like, was this really the right opportunity? And am I stepping through the right door? Well, I got approached really quick after moving there. Like, hey, why don't you come coach soccer? And I was thinking, huh, get paid to coach soccer. Now I played soccer at all of that, so I, I was like, this is this is great. Like, I get to get paid to do what I love to do, to be around the game I love to be around, and. Um, and so I was just like ready to jump at any opportunity, cause, mainly because we, we needed the finances at the time. But I was like, man, this is perfect. Thank you, God, for opening this door. Well, little did I know that coaching preschool and kindergartners are much different than <laughs> college. I, I, I failed to ask a little bit for more information. Like, so what, is this, what does this look like? Who's going to be there? What, what's this group, right? And so I'm sitting there going... I'm supposed to blow bubbles and the kids are supposed to chase it? Like, that's what we're doing today? Like, this is not for me, right? Like, I knew at that moment I was not in the right spot, right? There's no joy. I dreaded going, but I had to because we had to put food on the table until, until something else could come along. But I was miserable. And instead of having a life-giving experience, I was praying each morning that life wouldn't be lost while I was there. I'm kidding, but you know what I'm saying, right? I'm like... Oh, Lord, help me get through this day, because I don't know that I have the pep and the energy to get these kids through the day. Um, but, you know, God provided, and I'm grateful for that. But it, it was that reminder of, like, man, when you're not in your sweet spot, that joy can be sucked, and, and it can go quickly, right? And we can, we can sit. And, when, and I feel like when we do that with, with self-preservation, it brings about burnout, right? It brings about the, the, these feelings that, um, that weren't what got you started. Right? So th- think for a moment, and uh, this, this will just be, we'll take 60 seconds to think about it, but I, I want you to, to try in your head to remember a moment uh, where you knew you were in the right spot, that sweet spot. Maybe for some of you it was when your church called you to pastor, right? Like you knew, I hope, otherwise <laughs> you probably shouldn't be in that role, right? If, if that's not what God has for you, if that's not where, what he's been preparing you for, right? maybe it was that moment. Maybe it was a moment where 
uh, like for me, a, a day I'll never forget is, is uh, when, when God called me into ministry. When I would finally like kind of raise that white flag, I was resisting for a while. I was like, God, there's, uh, how am I going to support a family? Like, there's no money in ministry. Like, all I see is people getting burned out. Uh, all the pastors I know are angry and stressed. Like, why would I want to put that on my life? Like, that's what I know of the church. And so why do, why do I want to do that? And so I resisted for a long time. But I remember that moment where I was like, all right, God, I'm all in if this is what you want. Right? There's that moment where you're like, okay. Do you guys have that moment? Do you remember it? That joy? Because I think we need, to, we need to have that ready because there's moments and there's days where we're going to need to come back to that. We're going to have to draw back to why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because um, after all, uh, what we do is not, it's not easy. It's not easy work. Right? And we know that when we are doing what we're created to do, that it brings about life and joy. And it gives us purpose. We know that when the church is doing what it was created to do, it brings about joy and life and purpose. And so this is my just reminder for myself, <laughs> and maybe it'll be helpful for you, but uh, when the church is on mission, when we're filling, fulfilling the great commission that we've been called to do, that gives life. It brings about joy. It gives us purpose. It gives us direction. But so often we get sucked into these other things. <laughs> we isolate ourselves. We, take, we, we remove ourselves from community. Right? Maybe there's some people that used to be in this room that aren't in this room because they're dealing with things, right? And they've isolated themselves. How do, how do we encourage one another? How do we protect one another? How do we bring life back to one another? And second... Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13. This verse has come to mind when I was thinking through this idea of the Great Commission and Great Omission. And it's familiar to many of you. But it says, But as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. The context that this verse was giving, what, right? It was talking about don't don't remain idle in what you're doing. Right? You gotta keep pressing forward. You gotta keep, you gotta keep moving. Regardless of the situations around us, we have to keep our focus. We can't hunker down, we can't, we can't draw back, we can't go into protection mode, but we have to keep our eyes forward. And as we do that, it's, it's, it's going to be hard, right? But don't grow weary in doing good. Keep pressing on. Seek life. Seek what brings about giving life. And I think all of our communities are different, right? We, we could go around and we could give the demographics. I was even, as I was driving in, um, when I got here, I was like, Adrian, I didn't realize how close you were to that college campus. We, in many ways, were, our churches are like, we're just three, four miles from a college campus ourselves. Like, and he's like, but you have no idea. Like, two miles that way, it's completely different, right? Our communities are unique in and of themselves. And so what works for all of us isn't going to, or for what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you guys, right? But we all have this idea of what brings life and what's going to give life to our community. And have we taken the time to continue to press into that rather than going to self-preservation mode. And I think a lot of it is one in our mind. Right? We wake up each day not with the not thinking, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna retreat today, I'm gonna hunker down, I don't wanna deal with it, right? But it just comes. And if we don't have the right tools around us, the, the essential pieces to, to keep us going, we can we can get caught in this circle where we keep spinning. Now uh, before we uh, go into some you know, kind of time around the table, encouraging one another. I wanted to share uh, one last thing that was powerful for me. This weekend, uh, I had the privilege of spending some time with General Superintendent uh, Dr. David Busick. He was coming to our church to do Faith Promise, and 
um, such a blessing that he was on the, on the calendar. I certainly did not schedule him um, <laughs> as a new pastor. You're like, hey, the GS is coming. Okay, great, thanks. Um, <laughs> but right, <laughs> but it was it was just such an encouraging time, and and I'll never forget some of the things that he shared with us. Um, but when when talking about um, the church in general, he's like, yeah, it's it's been a struggle, right? These last few months have been a struggle. There's just no way around avoiding that conversation, right? You got to talk about it. But he said, but he, he said some of these things that I want to share with you because it gave me so much encouragement, and I hope it gives you the same today. Um, but he said, the church is moving forward. Okay, like we may not always get to get to see what the church is doing globally around the world, but he's like, be encouraged because whatever you're facing here is not the same as as what's going on around the world. Like we are moving forward believe it or not, right? We are in 164 world areas, and, and, and God is on the move. And he's, used, he's in the business of using his bride, the church, the local church, one of the greatest things out there, to keep the mission moving forward, right? I don't know if that encourages you, but that comment alone, I was like, all right, like, yeah, like, there's, there's purpose here, right? Let, let's get focused. Let's figure it out. And as we were sitting around this table, I remember him sharing, and the first thing he said, he, he led with this, and I was like, where are we going? He goes, the Church of the Nazarene is not perfect. It's messy. I think we can say that about our local congregations as well, right? Like, we're not perfect. It's messy. There's stuff we work through. There's stuff that we have to go through. And then he said, but despite all of that, it's one of the most beautiful things. It's more beautiful than I could ever have imagined. That, that was his comment. It's more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. And then he went on to begin to share how the church has been resilient over these past few months. Like when, when everyone was calling for us to, to stop and to retreat, God kept moving forward. And he kept using his church to move the mission forward. Right? He said, man, I've seen churches come alongside one another like never before. Churches experiencing, whether it be a natural disaster, like a like a tsunami that, that completely crushed and wiped out a number of Nazarene churches, to see another, uh, you know, another district in another portion of the world say, hey, we're not okay with that. We're going to come alongside and we're going to support you and you're going to rebuild, right? And he's like, that happened during a pandemic. We're, we're giving us down and, and, and things are happening, but the church said we're not stopping, right? We're, we're going to keep moving forward. He shared stories about how um, the church has been more creative than he could have ever imagined. Right, we're having to tap into resources to get the, you know, the word out there. Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about hope. Let me tell you about life. Right, and he began to sh- to share some of these stories, and I was so refreshed just hearing those things. Right, that that despite our circumstances, despite what we can see, despite looking in our sanctuaries and going, huh, we're still not back. Right, the church is on the move, and new and new people are coming to know Christ. <laughs> And, 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 and the mission of the church is going forward, and we're, and we're accomplishing what we were created to do. And there's life still in the church today. And I don't know about you, but that's good news. It's good news for me, <laughs> and I hope that's good news, and I hope that's encouraging for you as well. That despite all that's going on, and even in these last few weeks, <laughs> another round, another wave, another whatever this is, this Delta variant that's coming, and and the, and the constant questions of what are you going to do? I was just in the bathroom. I heard two people talking. My back was turned. I didn't even know who it was, but they're like, I don't know, with this, with this wave, right? I don't even know what you said, but you said, you know, you're seeing people kind of not, not show up again, right? We're dealing with these, these things again. And, and 
I'm like, wow, like it's just a reminder that everyone is going through the same thing. And when's it going to stop? And we can either focus on our, ourself and our problems and the issues in front of us, or we can, or we're presented with the opportunity to lean in and to press in and continue the work of the church moving forward. Hmm. To live into the Great Commission, to give life hmm. to our churches, to our communities again, where they desperately need it. Hmm. Right? But it but it starts with with our mind, right? Being able to, to center ourselves, being able to, to make sure we don't get stuck in that rut. And if you're in that rut today, listen, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but we don't need to stay there. We can encourage one another as we begin to move out of there. And so, as we are around our tables and wherever you're at, I just want to give you a few questions that you guys can discuss amongst yourself and begin sharing. So, sorry I don't have a slide for this, but you can write some of these down. But the first one is... I just wanted you to spend a moment kind of giving an honest assessment of where you're at. Like, if there's ever a space to do it, here's the space. You might not be able to, to be this transparent with your board, and that's okay. <laughs> or maybe even your own staff. But, but here, this should be a safe space to be able to give an assessment. Where, where are you at? How are you doing? And with that, like, you know, are, do you feel that there's life in your ministry, that there's life and purpose in what you're doing and what your church is doing? Or do you feel like Maybe you're, you're being held back. Is there something that's stealing that joy? Are there areas where maybe you've seen some recent success that you could share, that you could encourage someone else with? Are there stories that, of, of things happening in your community that are bringing about life that could encourage someone next to you? Are there some helpful helpful things that you've found in your journey to keep you focused on the Great Commission, to keep you focused on, on really what we're called to do, right, to press forward. What are those things that, that you have found helpful that you could share with someone next to you? We're constantly learning, right? We're constantly growing as that clip that Craig Rochelle just said, right? Like our minds are constantly expanding as we are learning more, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that wherever we're at, whatever stage of ministry we're at, we can learn something today from each other. <clears throat> that as we share, we can encourage one another, and we can, we can grow from that. And then lastly, I just wanted to, we'll, we'll close our time uh, from this section of just praying for one another. Hmm. As you've been able to share with each other, hmm. have you... Have, as you, uh, as you talk and as you kind of you know, have a chance to be a little bit more vulnerable, let's, let's pray for one another. There's nothing that we can do that's more powerful than that, to allow God into those conversations and into those spaces and begin to, to heal our minds, heal our hearts, encourage us today. Um, and so really, that's, that's, that's the purpose of, of our time together, right? We need each other, and so let's spend this time speaking to each other together. <clears throat>